This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It's time now to turn our attention to the region where the Philippines elections is wrapping up. Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos Jr. looks at to win the race. The Thai army, meanwhile, has boycotted Lazada. And there is a potential meeting between Indonesian President Joko Widodo and Elon Musk. Let's get through those headlines with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? Good morning, Amit. I'm doing good. Thank you. Let's start off with Philippines. 30 years later, there looks like there's going to be another Marcos back in power. Ferdinand Marcos Jr. looks set to become the 17th president of the Philippines. He chalked out almost 13 million votes with over 94% of the eligible ballots counted. That surpasses the 27.5 million votes needed for a majority. Was this a surprise? I don't think so. We've been talking about this for a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. To most people I've been in touch with in the Philippines, this is an outcome they very much were dreading, actually. But you know, all the polls and surveys leading up to the election showed that Marcos Jr. was going to win, and win convincingly, too. That appears to be the results, while the full results are not out yet. I think there is talk about possible fraud and other irregularities, but I don't think this is going to change the outcome very much. What will be interesting is in the coming days will be how regional and international leaders you know, from ASEAN, US and China respond to this election result. How quickly will the congratulatory messages flow in? And that will tell a lot about how things move forward. Yeah. About it, on his style of leadership, you know, I think it will be different from his father because dictatorships are no longer tolerated, especially yeah. in countries like Philippines, you know. But how much will he go towards, you know, rebranding the entire family, you know, pulling the country out of this cycle of corruption, you know, mismanagement that's really hobbled Philippines for a long time. So I think people are going to look for those kind of signs. Mm, talk about breaking the family cycle. That takes it to a whole new level. But but this guy, he appeals to a younger audience. He's, he's quite savvy on social media. He's a bit of a Mr. TikTok. That's got to help his cause, right? Well, yeah. In a country where, you know, social media plays a very important part in society, clearly, you know, it has helped, you know, his his very canny uh, use of social media platforms clearly has helped rebrand the family and also bring him to this position in the Philippines. And, you know, he's also rode on the popularity of uh, the previous president, Dutate. And, you know, yeah. Dutate's daughter is his running mate. So, you know, with the ordinary Filipinos, they clearly have struck a chord. And I think the question is how will the opposition react to this? Mm. is lost. They will probably need to really uh, move into start rebranding, you know, and something that the Marcoses have done uh, successfully. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about branding, right? It's like very... It's very legacy now, you feel, uh, with uh, Sarah Duterte Carpio, the daughter of, of course, uh, Rodrigo Duterte, the outgoing president. She's going to be VP. What kind of dynamics should we look forward to here and the appeal of family legacy with the Philippine uh, citizens? Well, you know, clearly this seems to be just uh, entrenching this, these dynastic families, you know. Mm. Clearly with Sarah Duterte running as vice president, she's probably going to win. Is very much setting up her own rise to the presidency. You know? mm. I think that clearly is the case. And this is just entrenches the dynastic politics in the Philippines. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. 
And now, back to our podcast episode. All right, let's uh, turn our attention now to Malaysia, where the former Johor Minister Hasni Muhammad has set out seven policies by which to reverse the brain drain of Malaysians to Singapore. Okay, what's going on here? So he said in a posting that these policies would raise wages and employment opportunities for Malaysians. That's crucial in reversing the migration trend. Tell us a little bit about these policies and whether or not they're feasible. I mean, is it really going to make Johor Horians stay in Malaysia and not work in Singapore where the currency is stronger? You're right. You know, the brain drain has been going on. I think will continue to go on. Hasni's proposals are interesting. It's internal politics. I don't think things will change over recent weeks, especially, you know, we'll see the ringgit has come under intense pressure with the strengthening of the U.S. dollar and it's also yeah. weakened against Singapore dollar. So those kind of pull factors are going to be there. And until those things are addressed, I don't think this brain drain can be reversed in yeah. any way. Yeah, I mean, people yeah. got to take care of their families, so... Exactly, yeah. precisely. Let's talk a little bit about the Thai army. <laughs> I, I remember reading this article. They said they'll ban 245,000 members from using Lazada. That's one of Asia's biggest e-commerce sites, right? For official purposes, after royalists said a promotional video appeared to have mocked the royal family. Quite unfortunate, and, and we know how passionate they are when it comes to the royal family. How do you think this will affect Lazada damage control-wise? Are we seeing anything? You know, this is going to be interesting. This is very much, um, you know, a product of Thai's chaotic politics, right? And ordinary Thais are starting to tire with the military. So military clearly is doing this. Uh, they expect elections soon, trying to show that, you know, they lie to the royalty. But, you know, making such a sweeping decree like this can be a double-edged sword too, you know. Because what if, the rank and file of Thai military decide to not boycott. Yeah. Does, would this be seen as insubordination? You know? yeah. So yeah. It really the military is taking a bit of a risk, I think, on pushing something like this. Mm. Leslie, Indonesian President Joko Widodo has been said to be planning to meet with Elon Musk during an upcoming visit to the United States. What is the agenda here? I mean, his Tesla team was in Indonesia. Is this going to do anything to boost the economy? What are you expecting? Well, you know, I think this is really interesting. It shows how savvy the Indonesian President's office is in their public relations campaign, you know, this move, his upcoming visit to the U.S. Yeah. and securing a meeting with someone like Elon Musk is a major thing. You know, he's right there in the news capturing headlines because of his bid for Twitter. And this is really going to make Jokowi the kind of little sensation when all this upcoming meeting that the U.S. is having with ASEAN leaders. You know. And I think clearly there is an economic dimension. You know, Musk is looking at some nickel production facilities in Indonesia. Right. And really, this is going to, so it's going to help, you know, and something like this is just going to really put Indonesia on the map. Mm. And uh, the future leader of uh, Twitter, right? Jokowi's got 17.6 million followers. I wonder if that'll boost his follower count <laughs> once he posts a photo yeah, well, with Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to have some kind of impact. Sure. <laughs> uh, Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times, on the line with me. Leslie, appreciate your time as always. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you, Ben. Talk to you soon. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.